Hello and welcome to the Women Who Flourish podcast. My name is Alia and I'm an empowerment coach specializing in confidence and self-love. If really getting to know who you are, own who you are, and love who you are is something that's important to you, then this is definitely the show for you. I'm obsessed with helping women step into the next version of themselves so they can bring out the fire that's sitting inside of them, start taking aligned action, and become ready to receive so much abundance and success. Thank you for being here with me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's grow together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to get into this today. Um, I know it's a topic that so many of you will want to hear about, learn about. Uh, and I think it's definitely a topic that, you know, um, we kind of need help with and support with after what we've gone through, you know, this, this whole past year as well. So joined by a very special guest, Catherine Adams. So Catherine is a highly experienced award-winning teacher who has been teaching in the UK and the UAE for the past 10 years. She has a wealth of experience teaching children of all ages from four to 16 years old in the British, American and IB curriculum. Catherine has a children and young people's mental health and wellness diploma and is a youth mental health first aider. Catherine has founded and created a children's enrichment and empowerment program in Dubai, which supports all aspects of children's mental health and well-being needs, helping them to flourish and thrive. Catherine is also a member of our Women Who Flourish community. And today we will be talking about the topic of anxiety. Welcome, Catherine. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really great, thank you. Um, it's always great to see you. you. Always bring such positive energy to our calls, and you have this massive smile. And so, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. <laughs> I so appreciate you inviting me on here, and I'm just so excited to be here and talking about such an important topic. And this is my first ever podcast. So, thank you so much for inviting me. I feel really honoured to be here. So, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And wow. And I'm so excited for you that this is your first ever podcast episode as well that you're doing. Um, and it's so aligned as well, right? You're part of the Women Who Flourish community. You have so much to share. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because obviously being part of our community, you know, you've shared so much with us. You've grown so much. You learn so much. And you've and also you teach so much as well to others. And I was like, I'd love for you to you know, bring on your expertise and knowledge on this episode today. And so really today, we're really going to talk about the topic of anxiety and from a lived experience of it as well. So kind of you know, talking about what, what it is from, yeah, kind of a personal experience. So before we get into that, just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what got you into doing what you do now? So I'm Catherine. I currently live in Dubai. So I've, I'm from England, but I've been here five years now. I love the sunshine. It's amazing to wake up every morning and it's to be sunny. And I have a background in psychology and career-wise, I started off actually in marketing and advertising. And then I worked at a mental health high secure prison. And then I got into teaching and I absolutely love teaching. There's no greater feeling than being able to empower and inspire the future generation of our next leaders. I'm really passionate about mental health and well-being. And as a child, I struggled with mental health issues. And so I developed a curriculum so that no child has to be alone in these feelings and 
so that I can really help to give children the skills and tools to be able to understand their feelings, to manage their emotions, and to just live their most confident, best life and to really thrive and flourish and shine into the future with so much courage and resilience and ambition and sparkle and just be the very best versions of themselves. That's incredible. I can, I can tell how passionate you are about it as well. You can see that it really comes from the heart, the work that you do. Yeah, I, it's absolutely amazing. It's so lovely when I have my classes and you see them at the beginning and then you see the progress they make. And I just wish that when I was that age, I had somebody to help guide me and somebody to help coach me. So yeah, it's my mission in life is to help give children all the tools to just flourish, absolutely flourish and thrive. That's amazing. So yeah, you're essentially being the person who, would you say you're, you're the person who you needed at a, at a young age? Definitely. Yeah. I actually never really spoke to anybody. I never told anybody how I was feeling. So I always felt quite alone and quite different. And as I've got older, I've shared my experiences with people and I realized actually it's so common. It's so normal. And I know children today, they've gone through so much and their social anxiety is at an all-time high. They've, they've been in isolation. They've been at home just with their family and they're now going back to school. And I've seen firsthand the struggles that they've experienced. And it's just so important to talk about it. And it's so important to know that it's okay. And it's okay not to be okay. It's totally normal. Anxiety is one of the totally normal emotions that we feel as a human. And so for me, I just want children to know it's okay and to teach them the tools and how to manage it because we will all experience anxiety throughout our lives and it's just learning the tools of how to deal with it and how to not let it debilitate you. Yeah I'm just so excited to delve you know even deeper with this topic with you today so let's kind of start with the basics. Um, what, what is anxiety and you know what are some of the telltale signs of anxiety? How can someone know that they're experiencing anxiety? So anxiety is, like I said, a totally normal and healthy emotion. We all feel anxious. We all feel fearful. Sorry, we all feel anxious. We all feel fearful and afraid at times. And if you think about it, our brain is a survival mechanism and it's hardwired to keep us safe and detect danger. So anxiety is a survival instinct. Um, my friend Kat, who works as a social worker and does amazing work helping people who experience mental health, has the best definition for it. She describes it as a car alarm. So a car anxiety alarm. is a yeah. So anxiety is a car alarm. And when we're under threat, when something's coming towards us, when something's going to knock us, when something bumps us, our alarm goes off, and that's normal. That's a protective factor. But some people are amazing car alarms and they're super sensitive and super aware and hyper aware of everything. Their alert system goes off all the time to threat, danger, worry, even when it's not there. But they have a belief that that worry, that threat, that something bad is going to happen is there. So it's almost like a loss of control. And it's when you think something is worse than it is. So you then start to catastrophize things and it can be just really detrimental to your well-being. It can fog your clarity. It can stop you living a happy life and you're just overcome with nervousness and fear and worry and apprehension. And people with anxiety disorder experience this hyper anxiety a lot of the time and it really impacts their day-to-day -day living. So for me, 
when I was growing up, I experienced anxiety from a young age. I know we all do, but some of my earliest memories were anxious ones. I remember being at nursery when I was about three years old and we'd all sit in a circle and we'd be given milk and cookies. And I remember eating the cookie and it was so loud. I could hear the crunching so loudly and I was convinced that everybody could hear it as loudly as me. And I was so conscious and so anxious about eating these cookies that I would always hide them in my pocket. And then as I went through life and things that ha- things happened, I experienced some bad experiences some traumatic events and the anxiety just got worse and worse and built up and built up. And it got to the point where I really struggled to go to school because I was just panicky all the time. Like the, the heart, the deep, heavy feeling in your heart and the shaking and the sweating and just the, the horrible thoughts that would go on that that bad things would happen. I had really bad separation anxiety from my mom and I was just convinced that something bad would happen to her. Mm. And so I was really fearful about going to school. And like it got better and then it got worse again and then it got better and it got worse. And sometimes it was fine and sometimes it wasn't. And then high school is a pretty hard experience. And I remember, you know, you have to give presentations. I remember in English we had to give presentations. And oh, I used to just get so unbelievably anxious. I my whole body was shaking and I knew it wasn't normal because nobody else Mm. was shaking but I was and I kind of knew I was different I knew my anxiety was maybe worse than other people's because I was so painfully shy and so worried about what people thought of me and just socially very socially anxious and I struggled going into crowded rooms because I was just so worried that people were looking at me and so I took a lot of time at school and I was actually ill a lot. And I think it's linked. I think when your body's always in this heightened state with adrenaline, I think it takes its toll on your body. And I would get tonsillitis at least once a month. And then I had my tonsils removed and I was like, yes, I won't get it again. And then I got pharyngitis, which is like the next organ down again once a month. Mm-hmm. And then I had these tension headaches. I had tension headaches for about 10 years. And I think it's all linked. Um, because yeah I was ill so much I took a lot of time off school and then that made it worse because I was then worried about going back and I knew that my anxiety was probably deeper than other people's and I've got a twin brother as well and he's so calm and (laughs) and he was like the fun loud one at school and I was totally different so he was like my benchmark and I knew ah okay I've got an issue I never spoke to anyone about it I just felt oh there's something wrong with me this isn't this isn't right Thank you so much for sharing that with us, you know, what you went through when you were younger. I like what you said earlier about when you first described it, about it being a normal emotion, because I think even just having that realization, it can just kind of make you think like, okay, you know, there isn't something, you know, wrong with me. It's, It's okay, as you mentioned before, it's okay that I'm feeling like this and just kind of thinking, okay, well, what is it that I can do? Because like you said, I mean, you kind of feeling like you were different at the, at the time. That must have been, you know, pretty challenging for you to say, well, how do I kind of speak out? Who do I speak to? Well, at the time, was there someone that you kind of thought about speaking to? Or did you just kind of think, well, I'm different. This is just how it is. So my mum obviously picked up on it. And she always said to me, Catherine, as you get older, the anxiety will get better you'll become more confident it does get easier as you get older so I was always waiting 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 knowing oh one day my anxiety will go but it never did and I remember going to university and the same thing with the presentations I was like dreading the presentations and my best to try and avoid them and being in crowded it was a little bit better but still I had that pang in my stomach and my heart and I knew it was 
not healthy the way my body was reacting to certain situations. And then I started to develop panic attacks. And I was like, okay, so this is not getting better. <laughs> and the panic attacks are awful because that's like total loss of control. You just can't help it. You just, it's, it's awful. You can't breathe. And then I got better and then but every now and then it would come back, it would keep coming back and then it would be better and coming back. And then when COVID hit, I think we all had a chance to stop and reflect and we all had time suddenly. And when lockdown was released over here, lockdown was pretty heavy going over here, wasn't it? It was, we weren't allowed out at all. And we had to apply for a permit to go out. And if we were accepted, we could go every three days for two hours. And I just remember feeling so anxious going out. And I went to the mall for the first time. We went to Waitrose as a treat. It was Dave's birthday as well, my husband Dave's birthday. Oh, I just finished and... on my birthday last year as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was his first birthday ever because we got to go out of the house. And we went to Waitrose of all places. And it was amazing. Yeah. But I felt so anxious the whole time. And we had to wear gloves and masks. Yeah. And I, could just, I just thought COVID was on all the products. And so we'd, we'd get to the till and I'd be like, oh, I have to touch my purse now. But I've touched my, my COVID hands have been over all the products. And yeah. we'd get home and I would just be so panicky. And I remember just saying, right, we need to take off our clothes and put them straight in the washing machine. Or should we just burn them? I just wanted to burn everything. Yeah. And it just got so bad. I, I hated going outside again. And I found it a real struggle socially mixing again and, and being socially interactive because I'd just been used to being with, my husband Dave and then when we were released into the wild <laughs> and met people for lunches and dinners and things it, I just found it really hard and I was like okay this isn't right and then the panic attack started coming back and I was like no <laughs> so yeah that's when I knew I needed help I was like I do not want to live like this anymore and I actually invested in a life coach and it was the best 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 thing I've ever done there's nothing more valuable than investing in yourself so it took me a very long time, but yeah, I finally did get help. And honestly, it's the best thing you can ever go. Do, do not second guess it. That it's so, It can be so expensive. And that's what was putting me off, to be honest. But I just thought, what's the cost of me not getting a life coach and not getting help? Yeah. Like, where's it going to lead to? And I'm, I'm married now. I'm very aware. I want children one day. And I, I want to be as strong as possible and be the best mum possible. I don't want this anxiety to come back and and affect family life in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, well, COVID definitely did really heighten the anxiety. I think if there was already something there and experienced anxiety, COVID just kind of really yeah, exacerbated it by 10, you know, 20, 30, 100% really. So um, with all that's going on, I mean, with obviously the news and like you said, even just having to wear gloves, you know, going out, that just kind of made you more paranoid as well. It was kind of this heightened, like, state of paranoia as well of course everything we hear and you know watching consuming a lot of news of course also heightens anxiety and I think definitely in this past year we've been sort of tuning in to what's happening even more so with everything with COVID and so that's all had an impact as well so I mean you said that so for you kind of I guess the benefit of last year was it's really allowed you to just pause and reflect and be like, you know, what's going on for me right now? It really like focusing inward. So as you said, there were ups and downs, right? So you kind of, yeah, it was yeah. better and then it got worse and then it got better again and it got worse. But I think it kind of, you kind of got to the point where you were like, okay, something needs to change then. Yeah, because it, it just was always surfacing and it was always coming up. 
And it's interesting what you say about with COVID and the news, my biggest fear has always been people around me dying, people I love dying. And on the news, it was like death rates, tolls, and you were just seeing the figures of people dying. And then my biggest fears are like, oh no, I could lose my loved ones and all these people around us are dying. It's just heartbreaking. And not just from the virus, but like from starvation because they're not eating because they can't afford it because they've lost their jobs. And I know someone who died from starvation and it's, it's just absolutely horrific. Like the most horrific thing, we've got this virus that's affecting so many people's lives and there's nothing we can do about it. Like it's totally out of our control. We could only control the controllables. And when you're living with anxiety already, control is, is a big thing. It's, it's about things you can't control. And this, we had no control over. So my mind was going in overdrive, just worrying and panicking so much so can I ask you what impact did this have on your daily life yeah so I always remember so I've I've learned that I was never actually authentically me because I felt like I could never be the real me because I didn't want people to know how I was actually feeling so I'd go out with friends and put on this show that I was so happy and people would ask how you are and I'm, I'm great and I remember my friend, one of my best friends saying, oh, Catherine, you're always so positive. I wish I was as positive as you. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if only you knew, if only you knew how I actually felt. But I put on this show and it's exhausting. Like I'd come home and just feel even worse. And I, I was never really fully myself. And I never, I never told anybody about my childhood issues. I never told anybody how I truly was feeling. So it just stopped me from being me. And then as a result, I was never myself that's like a a vicious cycle because I was then feeding into my negative thoughts that oh you're not good enough and you can't be yourself and people won't like you for who you are and people don't want to hang around someone who's who's anxious and nervous and worrying about the future I guess in the long run it probably stopped me from going out socially sometimes I just like I couldn't I was like oh I can't I can't handle going to your birthday party so I would make excuses and yeah I probably did miss a lot of social events but I've always tried to protect myself and look after myself first and back in the past I had to be in like a certain state of mind to be able to put on the show as it were. Mm. Can I ask why you felt the need to act positive and put on a show? Was it a fear of judgment or did you not feel comfortable to open up? What kind of went on for you to feel like this would be the best way to kind of you know act in a more positive way than you felt? I think part of it is the stigma attached to mental health and the stigma of society. I mean, it's got so much better now, but back in the day, my friends and I would never talk about mental health and it wasn't something you would boast about or it wasn't something I felt I could share. I didn't feel comfortable sharing. I never wanted to let anybody in. I never wanted anyone to know the real me. And I think part of it was society. I mean, in England, being British, it's, it's very much, I feel, in our culture to you portray your best self and you're very polite and you're always thinking about other people before yourself. Mm. So I wouldn't want to talk about my negative experiences because I wouldn't want to bring anyone else down. Like I don't want to be there being Debbie Downer in the corner saying, well, I'm actually really sad today because I'm so worried about a presentation coming up. So I think some of it is stigma and just not feeling comfortable talking about it and not feeling okay talking about it. But I do think times are changing. And I've been seeing a life coach who's actually from India and her perspective is so different. And she says she sees it so much with 
the Western culture and the British culture, how we always put other people before ourselves. Whereas she was like, put yourself first. It's the most important thing. It doesn't matter what other people are saying. It doesn't matter. Just be yourself, be authentically you. And that's it's so freeing when you start to yeah. be yourself and be authentic and share how you're really feeling. I can't tell you how freeing it is and how cathartic it is and just how amazing it is just to accept yourself for you and that's something I wish I'd done from a younger age Mm, okay so if you were to go back then and give the younger you some words of advice what would it be just be you be yourself accept yourself you are amazing just the way you are yeah and you are enough I never felt enough I never felt like I was good enough and if somebody had just drilled it into me like just you're perfect as you are it is perfect not to be perfect Mm -hmm. nobody is perfect I was such a people pleaser doing things for other people doing things that I thought made other people happy but to the detriment of my own well-being don't be a people pleaser just look after yourself first you are number one I resonate with that a lot and I think that's actually the words of advice that I would give to my younger self as well. Be yourself and stop caring about what other people think. Definitely growing up, I always felt different as well growing up. I always felt different, like an oddball, but I think being a teenager is definitely very difficult. It's not easy at all and you know, I always wanted yeah. to fit in with my friends and, and be like them and and now, you know, I just, I think it's so liberating when you do feel different, you can walk on your own path and to feel different. I think it's amazing, you know, I, but at the time, obviously I didn't, I used to mold myself to fit in a certain way and, and be who I, I thought that I should be. But I think it's definitely a lesson as well. I think you definitely grow with time. And I think I had to learn the lessons, you know, that I had to, to, to get to where I am now, but, but absolutely that'd be the same. Yeah. The same words of advice I'd give to my younger self yeah I feel exactly the same I was the same as you I always compare myself to other people and you have this ideal of how you should be but just be you and it wouldn't life be boring if we were all the same like value your uniqueness that's what makes us all special it would be boring and if we were all perfect as well and just happy and everything was smooth sailing all the time you know we, we need the ups and downs as well yeah um So on this episode today, I really want to talk about what kind of changes you made in your life to help you with this. So the reason why I want to talk about this is even with myself, with the coaching that I do, you know, a lot of my clients, they experience anxiety, they feel anxious, but you know, they know, know, I'm very clear that I'm not a medical professional, but what we work on is, you know, creating a lifestyle, creating a lifestyle that enables them to feel so much calmer so much more mindful, you know, being the present. And that really, really helps them with their symptoms of anxiety. Of course, if they wish to see a medical professional as well, they can do so. But I really help them to create this this lifestyle, you know, working on their mindset and shifting their beliefs as well. And so, you know, that's what I really want to delve in with you today is like, what kind of, you know, practical, and I know that you've really implemented changes into your life that have been very positive as well. So I want to share, you know, with our listeners, you know, what is it that they can do if they're resonating with this and they're feeling like, yes, I I'm experiencing this. I feel anxious at times. Sometimes I, I feel lost or I feel, you know, hard to, I feel like I'm out of control. I don't know what to do. What kind of practical steps that they can they take in their day-to-day life or what has worked for you? that you can share, you know, with our listeners of how they can manage their symptoms of anxiety? I'm so excited to share this because I know it sounds so cheesy and corny, but I have never felt better. And it, it, this, these things have worked for me. So I'm, I'm so honoured that I get to share it with you. But the first step, the very, very first step is 
you need to want to change. You need to want to, ha- to be better. I-, I was so desperate to feel better and to change and to heal. So my first step was I invested in a life coach, but I just took time for myself. I realized it was time. It was me time now. I'm going to put myself first and it's the most valuable gift I've ever given myself. So in order to get to where you want to be, you've, you've got to want to make those changes. And you're the captain of your ship. You're in control of your life. So if you're not happy with it, you've got to change it. It's totally up to you. I think it's Einstein who said that doing the same thing repeatedly, but expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And if you're not happy with something you're doing, if something you're doing is, is making you feel these continual negative thoughts, you've got to change it. So first of all, you need to want to change. So first step is actually wanting to make the change. Yeah, before anything, you've, you've got to want it. It's yeah. got to come from within. Yeah, because there's a difference between feeling like you need to change and actually wanting to change. Because you can yeah. feel like, yeah, there are things I'm not happy with, but are you actually in a place where you want to make the change? And it's only when you want to make the change that you're going to start, that you're going to, you know, be willing to take that first step. So then, yeah, I love yeah. that. It's a great point. And my anxiety was really taking over my life. So I, I, knew, I knew I had to and I wanted to make the change. So I've got five steps. Five changes that I made that helped me. So the first change is the most important one. And I wish I'd learned this at a very young age. um, is changing your relationship with yourself. So becoming your best friend and being your biggest cheerleader. And like you say a lot earlier, you say the most important relationship you will ever have in life is that relationship with yourself because you're with yourself your whole life. So it needs to be the best romance there's ever been (laughs) and it needs to just be amazing to be your absolute best best friend and how do we do this how do we train our minds and for me I can't believe it took me till I was in my 30s that I realized I am not my thoughts Mm -hmm. I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my mind and I can train my mind I had such bad negative self-talk Alia I can't tell you I was my own worst enemy I was such a bully I used to be so nasty to myself and I would never treat anyone how I treated myself I was just constantly berating myself and oh why did you do this why did you say that you're not good it was just constant and one day I did mind tagging so every thought I had I tagged whether it was a judgment a worry about the future or a worry about the past if it was negative and I couldn't believe it was pretty much 100% all negative thoughts. I think there was the odd one in Oh, I'm Hungry. <laughs> I think oh, I'm that it was, <laughs> but most of them were so negative. And I was like, right, enough is enough. I'm going to control my thoughts. So what I did is I named my negative thoughts. So I named the bully, Peter, and oh. I named the warrior, Paul. Okay. So by naming them, it helped me kind of disassociate my mind and my thoughts from me. And so... Peter would come and he'd be really nasty and I'd be like, oh, hi, Peter. And then I wouldn't then be at the effect of those thoughts. I would just let them go. They'd come and they'd go. They'd just drive past. And the same with my pool, with my warrior. If I was worried about, oh, you've got a presentation tomorrow and it's not going to go well. I would just, I'd recognize it, but I wouldn't be at the effect of that. I wouldn't go behind those thoughts. And then those negative thoughts I would replace with positive affirmations. So I'd stop and say a positive affirmation like, you're not going to do well in your presentation tomorrow. I'd say you're confident. You can do this. You're amazing. You're stuff. I do. I do positive affirmations. Okay. So really, so, there was you saw those thoughts as, like you said, intruders. They were coming into your mind. Yeah. Allow them. To yes. Yeah. They were external 
you know, things that came and invaders into your mind and then you were able to see them objectively rather than yeah. how to influence how you feel and how you behave. And then it was from then yeah. that you were empowered to then shift that and make changes. Yeah. And it, I, like now, I can't believe it. I barely, they do pop up every now and then. I think yeah. you always will have some level of it. But so much better. It's so much better. It's like they've gone on holiday and they'll occasionally pop back and say hi. But it, it's nowhere near as much as it used to be. It, it literally has been life-changing. But another thing about building your relationship and changing your relationship with yourself is just accepting yourself. Just fall in love with yourself. Accept everything. Stop comparing yourself to others like we talked before. Be your biggest cheerleader. Stop being a people pleaser. Do what's right for you. Put yourself first. So most of my anxiety came from suppression, from not being myself. I realized that when I saw my life coach. And lots of it was suppression from events that had happened when I was younger. So I'd suppressed all those feelings. I hadn't talked about them. And they were brewing inside me like a pressure cooker, like a volcano ready to pop. And as soon as you accept everything and accept yourself for who you are and start to be authentic that's when your relationship totally shifts and for me I I also found it really important to write an evidence bank of why I'm amazing and I have my proud, proud moments so whenever I'm feeling a bit down and I'm, my relationship with myself I feel is slipping I'll go back to that and look oh I did this and I did this and these are all my proud moments so build your relationship with yourself give your negative thoughts a name, say positive affirmations instead, accept who you are, be authentic. And yeah, just, just always think about your amazingness. Always refer back to the, the positives in your life. That's so incredible. That's really, really, really incredible. And just, it just sounds like, you know, you've created this really loving relationship with yourself. There's just so much self-compassion there. Like you've taken away the judgment, you've taken away, it's like, you know, as you said, you're, you've, you've taken away the judgment, you've accepted yourself for who you are and you've been kinder to yourself as well. You know, whenever something, yeah. happened, like you said, a negative thought, something's happened, you've like, you've kind of picked up and, and refocused your energy. And I just feel so free. It's so nice. It's so liberating when you accept yourself, feeling that freedom inside. It's just amazing. So my step number two would be change your relationship with your emotions. So it's so important to accept and love all of our emotions and don't try and fight them. We're so lucky as humans that we get to experience all these emotions and every emotion serves a purpose. Even the negative ones, they're there for a protective factor. But it's so important to stop judging them and when they come just feel them just be with them so I always imagine our emotions this is how I teach them to the children is like Mr. Men characters or little Miss characters so you know you have Mr. Happy and little Miss Worry and our heart is home to all of these characters and they're kind of like our children so you have these Mr. Men characters that are like our children and we're so lucky that we have them all and Jeff Foster puts it really eloquently he says when your emotions come when Mr. Happy comes we it will embrace them with open arms. Oh, hi, you're happy. That's great. But then as soon as anxiety comes, we say, why are you here? Why are you still here? I thought you'd be gone by now. And we become so judgmental when these negative emotions come. And just imagine they're like your real children. You wouldn't treat your real children like that. You would, the ones who are feeling sad, you would actually nurture them most. And that's what we need to do. When these negative emotions come, we need to hold them. We need to nurture them. We need to be with them. And we just need to feel them. Stop judging them. As soon as you stop judging them, 
they dissipate so much quicker because I find when I start judging, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Why am I feeling like this? And oh, when it, when it go away, it gets worse. It becomes heavier and the anxiety doesn't go away because you're fueling it with your thoughts. If you just let it be, mm-hmm. oh, here's anxiety. Okay, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to, what I do is I close my eyes and I just breathe and feel it. And it dissipates so quickly. Like within, before, when I was feeling anxious, it would be, I don't know, hours. But now within two minutes, like the anxiety feelings will go because I'm just breathing into it and feeling it. It's, it's amazing. I love what you said about giving them love as well. They're thinking of them like your children, you know? So yeah, we don't want to think of them as like negative, positive emotions. We should only be having positive emotions and the other ones are bad. It's showing love to them all. It's accepting them yeah. all judgment for them and even just drop the label drop the label of anxiety and just feel the feelings if you feel the feelings and don't go behind any labeling any judgments any definitions then it just goes so much quicker absolutely so yeah that's number two number three is change your story your personal narrative so we all have this story our personal narrative and it's so powerful in influencing how we behave and we often get seduced by our stories and we start believing it and then it starts to control our choices so for example with me I was holding on to this story that I went through a lot of trauma and I suffered from anxiety and often we say suffer I suffer from anxiety I suffer from this I suffer from that but even the word suffer makes it feel so permanent and so out of control it makes you feel like a real victim so now I don't say that anymore I say experience I experience anxiety and just change your story say don't tell yourself you're anxious. If you're telling yourself, oh, I'm really bad at presentations because I'm so unconfident and I'm so shy, you'll show up like that. And that will happen. It's the self-fulfilling prophecy where if you stop being a victim to your story and change it, change the meanings attached to it, it just changes everything. You're in control of your story. So we've all gone through things and bad things have happened. But if you just accept it and let it go and look at those messes, and turn them into messages and look at all the positives that have come from them and re- sort of like rebrand them almost. So like if you've gone through something bad, what, what good has come from it? Oh, so for example, I've been divorced before. You could just be this victim of divorce and you'll never find anyone again. And you're not worthy of finding a partner who loves you. But if you think actually I was brave enough to leave my husband, I am now so much more resilient. I'm so much more confident. I'm stronger. I know exactly who I am. You can just shift your mindset from, from being the victim of a story to like the empowerment that comes from all those negatives. Because from every dark experience comes light. At the time, it feels horrific. But if you look back, and this is what I did, I actually wrote, I did so much journaling and wrote everything down, all the bad things that happened. And I, I wrote what good things had come from it. And I noted everything served a purpose and I'm so glad I went through everything I went through because I wouldn't be the person that I am today without all those experiences so I'm so grateful and appreciative and thankful really and I wouldn't have the drive and desire I do now to help children if I hadn't as I hadn't gone through that myself so yeah change your story and appreciate and learn the positives that have come from all those negatives amazing and then number four change and empower your body so Our biggest superpower is breathing. And I always thought I was a pretty good breather. And then I went on this yoga retreat and oh my goodness, I wasn't breathing properly, but breathing literally heals 
all your organs and oxygenates all your organs and it calms your mind down so much so if you're ever feeling anxious or any negative emotion just sit and breathe breathe into it and we did some breathing yeah we did (laughs) we did some breathing before this podcast episode did we it's like right before we we got this let's just get deep deep breathing every morning when I wake up I now do this breathing ritual where I actually breathe I consciously breathe and it just sets me up for the day it's amazing But also in terms of changing your body, I realize when I, when I do a body audit, I realize like I slump and I carry myself unconfidently. And I remember watching this TED talk on Amy Cuddy and she yeah. talked about power poses and how that if you stand in a dominant, powerful way actually changes your mind. So it changes your testosterone levels, I think by 20% and it reduces your cortisol hormone stress levels by 25% when you stand in these certain poses. And now I do that and it actually works. So the other day I had a meeting and I was feeling a little bit anxious. I went to the toilet before and stood in Wonder Woman for two minutes and it checked like it's amazing. It actually works. So those of you who are listening and you're not familiar with the power pose. So the power pose is really you standing there with your legs, hip width apart and just be bold. So you can put your hands on your hip, you know, put your legs out and then just be, take up space basically. So you can put your hands on your hips, for example. And it's so, so, so powerful in boosting your confidence and reducing your stress. So yeah, massively powerful tip right there. I swear it's amazing as well. And everyone who teaches too, they're like, oh my God, I love it. So definitely. Yeah, it's amazing. Because I always knew that your mind could affect your body, but I never knew your body could actually affect your mind in a positive way. If you just stand in the right way. So I'm always doing power poses now and I teach my children too. And like the energy after you've done two minutes of power posing with them. And also just, also just standing, you know, we naturally, when we win, we raise our arms like in a Y mm-hmm. position. Just doing that and jumping up and down, it's just so powerful. Like imagining you've won the lottery and just jumping up and down with your arms in the air. It totally changes your physiology. It's amazing. So yeah, that's number four is change your body and breathe and do power poses. And Amy Cuddy says, fake it till you make it till you become it. So pretend you're Wonder Woman or Superman and you'll become, you'll feel like Superman after just a few minutes. Yeah. And then the last one is chain number five change your habits stop with those habits that aren't serving you stop with the negative self-talk or anything that makes you feel bad and focus on doing things that make you feel good it's so obvious but I I wasn't doing this and I was never making time for myself but now every day before bed I have this ritual where it's my time my husband understands (laughs) and and I do my journaling every day and I do meditation and that's my thing and I, I love doing it and I make time for myself to do those things and he's like now oh is it time to do your meditation I think you need a meditation he's become so supportive whereas before I never really gave myself time I was always like trying to be with other people or you know look after other people but now I focus on myself and I'm just mindful as much as possible mindfulness is a game changer just focus on the now focus on the present if those anxious thoughts comes thoughts come in just be mindful and like imagine that you're anxiety is like glitter in a snow globe and when you are mindful and just stop and focus on the present it helps all that glitter in the snow globe all those anxious thoughts settle so mindfulness and meditation are a game changer meditation is Mm. like an antivirus for the brain it's so powerful and yeah so every day I do a meditation and if I'm ever feeling stressed or anxious meditation just was so so helpful so yeah change your habits and do self-love activities and be kind to yourself and give yourself time like make time for yourself as 
as we said before, your relationship with yourself is so important. So change your habits and do all the things that you absolutely love and that you make you feel happy. That is incredible. So if you can just do a kind of like one, two, three, four, five, the points again, just as a recap, because they're all amazing. We definitely don't want to forget them. And those of you who are listening as well, if you didn't manage to catch that when Catherine was talking through them, just note them down now. So if you could just give a run through Catherine of those five. Okay, so five tips to help you manage your anxiety. Number one, change your relationship with yourself and become your very best friend. Train your mind, name your negative thoughts. Don't be at the effect of them. Think of positive affirmations, accept yourself, be authentic. Number two, change your relationship with your emotions, accept and love them all and just feel them and be with them. Don't judge them, don't push them away. Number three, change your story, accept everything that's happened in the past, let it go. And from the darkness comes light, see the lessons and gifts that have come from your experiences. Be grateful and appreciate everything you've gone through and just focus on the positives. Be with the positive things. Think positively. Number four, change and empower your body. So breathe, 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 deep breathing and power poses. And number five, change your habits and develop the most amazing routine for yourself. Give yourself time each day. Do self-love activities. Be mindful. Try meditation try journaling, try visualization, visualization. I didn't talk about that, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. If you visualize something going well, it's amazing. It really does work. And for my last thing, just, I can't recommend enough getting a coach to help you. We all sometimes need support. And for me, it was life-changing and it's just, for me, it was the best investment I've ever made. Amazing. So talking of mindfulness, absolutely amazing one. Yeah. That's actually our theme of the month in our Women Who Flourish community, we're all about mindfulness this month and, and talking about how we can uh, incorporate more mindfulness into our lives. So talking of Women Who Flourish, you've been an, an such an amazing member of our community. I'd also love to know, you know, apart from, you know, what it is that you've you know, started doing, um, obviously you said that you've got the coach, you've got these daily practices. How has being part of our sisterhood, you know, Women Who Flourish helped you on your journey as well? Oh, I absolutely love being part of Women Who Flourish. And do you know what? It's something I never knew I needed until I joined. And it's been utterly amazing. And I realized what I was missing. It was like the last piece of the jigsaw. Mm -hmm. And my favorite bit about being part of the community is just not just the amazing learning we get. We have experts every month. And Alia, you teach us the most amazing skills and tips just to thrive and flourish and be our best versions of ourselves. But it's the supported network. It's the amazing group of women who are just there in the most loving and accepting way. There's no judgments and it's just the most safe space to be you. And I love that everyone just celebrates each other's successes. We're all each other's biggest fans mm -hmm. and we're all keeping each other accountable. And it's, it's like a family. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And I love when we have our end of month reflections and we go in break, break, breakout rooms and we talk about our journeys and we can just be totally honest with each other and help to build each other up. And it's just, it just always fills my heart with so much love and I always feel totally full and energized afterwards. So it's just an amazing platform. And Ali, what you're doing is incredible, empowering women. It's the greatest gift you can give to us. So Thank you. We appreciate and love you so much. And yeah, I'm just so lucky to be part of this. And I know I will never, ever feel lonely because I've got 
this amazing sisterhood of women with me every step of the way that means so much thank you so much really really happy to hear that and I love what you said at the end you never feel alone that's exactly why I created this community I never want any woman to feel like they're alone on this journey because I know it can feel lonely at times so that just means everything thank you so much so I'm going to wrap up with two last questions for you so number one is what do you love about yourself Catherine (laughs) <laughs> okay so I don't know why I'm laughing <laughs> so what do I love about myself yeah. do you know what I really love how creative I am and it serves me so well as a teacher we have so much fun and we go on all these adventures and mm-hmm. and also I think my husband appreciates it too during lockdown we had so much fun together so one day I'd turn the apartment into a crazy golf course the next day wow. it would all be a interactive game show and we live in an apartment block where we've got a car park and so I created these bingo car park bingo cards where we'd go around and find a car beginning with a letter R (laughs) and we had water fights I set up obstacle courses so yeah I I love how creative I am you were you were like the funnest lockdown partner ever I'm so jealous that he got a lockdown partner I I remember I did this three-day game event you know like the crystal maze I I did like that with the different zones so we had the kitchen zone and the living room zone so these games went on so long and Dave would be like can we have a rest now? <laughs> Can we continue? <laughs> Even things like, so I had like the hairdryer and a ping pong ball and I blindfolded him and we had to race walking across the room with a wow, hairdryer. I love it. Uh, yeah, so um, I turned into a part-time game show host. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fun. That is so cool. I think you definitely had the funnest lockdown probably in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We actually did have a really fun lockdown. I loved it. I really loved it. I really valued that time. It was absolutely amazing. And yeah, I always so love how I make people feel. I've always thought, I've always thought people always remember how you make them feel. So I always do my very best to make other people feel special and valued. And people joke that it's like coming um, to my house. People joke that it's like Halloween when they come to my house and they trick or treat when you knock on the door and say trick or treat and you get a trick because, sorry, get a treat because uh, everyone who comes to my door, I give them water and a cereal bar or a chocolate bar, all the, all the delivery drivers, I who come I always give them a gift and yeah I just even all the workers in my building I make care packages for them all the time yeah I just yeah I love how I make people feel oh that's incredible and then my last question is what are you proud of do you know what I'm just proud of my journey I never thought this time last year a I would be on a podcast (laughs) and just yeah I just I can't this year since I've been on my self-healing journey I've never felt better and all these amazing opportunities have come like we talk a lot about manifestation and how when you start visualizing your dream life like when you start visualizing how you want your life to look it actually comes true like so I think something and then it would happen and I think okay I need to meet someone who's good at this and then they just come into my life and yeah just the the world has totally opened up to me so I'm so proud of of evolving and healing and I'm so proud of all the the opportunities that have come my way, and I got yeah. Even the fact that I've developed my empowerment program that was that's happened within the last year, mm-hmm. and I'm just living the dream. It's amazing. I just yeah. So I'm so proud of myself for actually putting the effort in and making these changes. Good, and it's it's so inspiring to see as well. It really, really is. And I love that you said you're you're so proud of your own healing journey, your own journey, and how far you've come. Come, you can see your growth. And um, 
you know, yeah, we do talk a lot about manifestation in our, in our group as well. And um, I think it's from you really just saying yes to yourself. You're connecting inwards so much of the time you're giving to yourself. And as, as a result, I think you've really been able to kind of step back and receive, you know, let, let receive what the universe is bringing to you. And I think you've leveled up and as you mentioned before, you know, you're worthy of these things. I think as a result of you loving yourself more and knowing that you're worthy of receiving all the things that you want to receive and it's, it's they're all making their way to you. And it's really beautiful to see it as well. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much. But you've also been a big part of my healing journey and yeah just I can't thank you enough because you've also helped to change my life and you're changing so many women's lives and I hope you're proud of yourself and I hope you know how amazing you are I'm gonna ask you how what do you love about yourself that's not how it works on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) no no but yeah okay I'll have you to answer it okay what do I love about myself I love that I just try to pour, I guess the first thing that comes to my head, I guess I try to yeah, pour love into what I do. You know, I always, in similar way to you, I always think like, how can I make someone's day or how can I make someone's day brighter in, in some way? You know, I always try to think, you never know if someone's having a bad day. You never know if just kind of saying something nice to someone can really boost their day. I think I love that about myself. Uh, and I also love my determination and resilience. Like if I put my mind to something, then I just absolutely make it happen, you know, no matter how challenging it is. So I love that about myself. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much, Catherine, for being on. You've been an incredible guest today. It's just been so, so, so amazing uh, having you on here. Uh, before we wrap up, are there any sort of last words or anything else you want to say and add? Well, just thank you so much and thank you for bringing so much brightness and sunshine to my life and for just keeping me on track as well so yeah thank you but also I always think if you're at the end of your life and you're on your rocking chair and imagine you're at the very end of your life and you get to see a movie of how your life looked how do you want it to look Mm. and that's how you should live your life make those dreams come true make the changes and don't let anxiety get in your way because you can control it. Don't let fear stop you. Take action and make those changes and just live the best life because life is so short and so temporary. So just appreciate the precious gift of life and make all those dreams come true because they will. The world is such a magical place. And as soon as you open yourself up to it and see your worth and know that you're worthy of the most amazing life, everything will just fall into place. That's really powerful words, really powerful last words. Thank you. So if our listeners today, you know, they want to reach out to you, they want to connect with you, Mestri, how, how can they do that? And so probably the best way is email. So my email address is k underscore j underscore adams, A-D-A-M-S at outlook.com. Fab. We'll plug that in there as well in the episode. So thank you so much, Catherine. And for all of you listening, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as well. And yeah, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified when each episode is released. And if you have any friends or family who you know would really benefit from this episode, then do share it with them too. If this episode resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes to share your feedback. To delve even deeper into building your confidence and self-love, 
or if you'd like to join our amazing Women Who Flourish community, head over to my website where you can find all the details on how to become a member, as well as videos and my social media handles. I hang out on Instagram a lot, so if you have any questions or if you'd like to share any thoughts on any of the episodes, feel free to drop me a message there on coach underscore Alia. See you on the next episode.